Welcome to the Grasping Life Podcast. I'm your host, Lane Kimbrough. I just graduated from George Fox University, and I'm on a journey to become the absolute best version of myself, and it's inspired me to start this podcast to speak to exceptional people on all areas of life, mindset, purpose, faith, and so much more. I'm really excited you're here. In this season, I speak with eight stellar George Fox University 2020 graduates on their unique backgrounds, time at George Fox, mindset about life and faith, and how they're approaching the future. Thank you so much for joining us. For today's episode, I've recorded Emily Holder. Emily is a senior as well that is just about to graduate from George Fox. Emily is just such a humble leader that is so grounded in her faith and in her values. We talk about the ways she's learned more about herself, about the Lord, and about those around her. She has a heightened sense of awareness, and one of my favorite topics we talk about is the discussion between where God has her and where she really wants to be. We talk about burnout, leadership, ambition, and so much more. I really hope you guys enjoy. So Emily Holder, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. I was honored. Yes. No, I've been looking forward to this all week. It's Friday, April 10th, and we are in the middle of a pandemic. And so I thought it'd be a little fitting. I just want to hear like, how are you doing right now? How are you thinking about things? Like, how are you spending your time? Uh, What's going through your mind? You know, I think this is a different time than anyone has ever experienced. So it seems like it's all anyone's talking about, but I'm sure in a few years, like Mm -hmm. we're going to think back and be like, Oh, did that even happen? You know, it's kind of strange that way. But I think recently I've been trying to let myself be sad, (laughs) which like at least Mm -hmm. at first when things first started getting canceled, um, there are just so many disappointments. Like it started with, we are sweet 16 basketball game got canceled and then the rest of school got canceled my last month in Newburgh and graduation and all this stuff is, you know, there's their disappointments. And I think to a certain extent, it's good to let ourselves feel that just so we can like kind of process it and get past it. But like hand in hand with that, I've been trying to just keep the perspective that I have so darn much to be thankful for. And I'm really lucky that my family is healthy and we're safe and I've had such a great college experience up till now and, you know, all this stuff. So I think it's perspective, but, um, I've been trying to be intentional with my time in kind of a weird way. Um, I'm like seeking to take advantage of the time to kind of rest and slow down because I've been learning a lot about rest and this concept of how we need it over the last couple of years. And so now I'm like, this is actually kind of a time to practice that. So yeah, I've been trying not to waste my time, but also let myself rest or I've even been watching TV. That's a new thing, you know, (laughs) like that type of thing is, it's like fun and it's time I can spend with my family. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a very unique perspective. Um, I I love how you say like, it's okay to be sad because I think so many times we, we like think that it's not okay to be sad and we should just be all positive, all optimistic, but um, it's okay to kind of ask in that a little bit and kind of accept it for what it is. And, you know, it's sad, but like you said, you have that unique perspective where we really are grateful, right? I mean, all everyone we know is healthy right now, knock on wood. Um, It's a very unique perspective. And so I just kind of, I want to get in, you talked about rest there. And so do you feel like you didn't have rest in college? I mean, is that something you learned about? How did you learn about it? Um, I think I'd say over the last 
few years, I got way like too busy to the point where in order to be like, to excel at the things I committed to, or even to like survive, I didn't feel like I could really rest. And so, yeah, I would say I did not rest well at all in college. And there were times where that, you know, led to burnout and led to um, probably just, I didn't do as well as I could have in certain ways, or I didn't treat like my relationships or people as well as I, you know, want to out of that. So I guess like, it's one of those things I've had to learn by doing and in no means, like I said, I'm just kind of starting to figure some of that out, but um, yeah, I guess I've been starting to realize that humans have limits and that includes me. And that means like, we need to, you know, God created us to take time to rest and to stop and to like think. So it doesn't always feel comfortable, but I think it's really needed. I totally, I I resonate with that a lot. Like actually getting seven to eight hours of sleep or more is like super important and doing all these things. And I think we all have this desire to be busy for whatever reason, right? We live in a busy world. Um, We're supposed to feel like, you know, if you're an achiever or you have ambitions, then there's always more we can be doing. And so like, I just want to ask like, where does this desire for you or where did this desire to be busy? Where did it come from? I think that's something I should stop to think about more often, but I really think before you mentioned the word achiever, and I think in a lot of ways that has described me throughout my life, um, even in like the personality tests that I've taken over the years at Fox and stuff, like that has always been like one of my top characteristics. And I think ultimately like God gives us all different personalities and um, he's just created me to, I have an internal drive and I'm internally motivated that way. So I think my desire to achieve at like in college turned into busyness. Like they kind of went hand in hand or cause and effect or however you want to say that. But I knew like I wanted to make the most of my college experience. So then I kind of figured out gradually what things I wanted to accomplish and do. And then I went for them. So as a result, I became very busy because there were a lot of things I wanted to do. Um, and then it, it's, I find with busyness, it's easy to get stuck in it. Like you just get into a spiral and once you've committed to something, you're not, you know, at least in my, like, I'm not going to back down from that. And I think often there are times where we should, or we just need to really reevaluate what we say yes to and commit to at the beginning so that we're not in that predicament. But Um, For me, I know that achievement is very much tied into being busy. That's really interesting. So I want to hit on a couple of things, but first, how do you, how do you determine what you actually spent your time on? It's like, was it just anything that excited you? Like, how did you, like, you're a very driven person, right? And so how did you determine what, what opportunities you took and what opportunities you didn't? That's a good one. I think I've, my process for deciding has evolved. So initially it was things that excited me or things I felt good about doing. For example, playing basketball. I loved basketball in high school. I decided I wanted to play in college. So I did, you know, like that was just kind of how that went. Then I honestly can say like over the course of playing a college sport, I started to really not love it, but then it became like, I've committed to this. I believe this is where God has me. I'm going to do this. So I think the passion 
often starts things, but it's not always there. Um, more recently, I've learned when I'm deciding like what to commit to or what not to, um, I often talk to like mentors and people I really respect or look up to for their wisdom. Um, because I've just learned how much it matters, like how valuable it is to say yes to something. And unfortunately, the more things we commit to, the more diluted they become. And so I've wanted to really like figure out ways to make that, you know, I heard someone's told me like, make your yes valuable. And that has really, um, I guess stuck out to me. So now I just, I write down my priorities and I try to do it relatively regularly. But um, I don't know. I just think we, like, I, I know I personally need time to like step back and say, okay, what actually matters to me and gain that perspective because otherwise it's too easy to just say yes to whatever comes my way. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like priorities, I was reading a book and they, they said, you know, priority actually started as priority right? So like one, like the most important thing. And then American huh. culture in about 1950 or something like that changed it to priorities. It just kind of like completely changed the concept of me. If like you can actually identify the one most important thing, like the one, the one thing. And it's so, so, so hard to do. And so like, especially when, I mean, I think you feel this too, but I mean, I felt in college, like everything was supposed to be my number one, right? School, baseball, you know, this podcast, um, friends, family, whatever it is, every, everything kind of feels like a number one. And so how do you go about, you know, you have your priorities, right? And let's say that's a list of five or 10. How do you go about actually identifying, okay, this is my number one, this is my number two, or do you actually just kind of have them in a general order? That's so interesting what you said about that. It used to be a singular form. That's fascinating. Yeah, I definitely, I'd say I'm more in like the five range because there's always others, but like to a certain extent, you know, they just have to drop off for me. Like no, no matter what my number one, I, what I want, I should say what I want my number one to always be is my relationship with God, because I believe that like everything I have is from him. And so I, you know, without him, I am nothing. And so I can't say that I've always done a good job of putting him number one. And there've been so many times where I've, you know, forgotten that, um, or placed way too much value on something else, but that frames what else I do. So I, if God is my number one, then basically the other things I do are for him. And so I want like my relationship with my family. I know that's, he's put me in my family and he's called me to love these people. So that's high on my priority list. Same with like my close friends and the people in my life. Um, same with my, what I believe I'm called to in my career and being a student and playing basketball and that type of thing. Like that's where he's put me right now. So it's my priority or like I should be focused on doing those things to the best of my ability. Um, so like I said, sometimes it doesn't go that way, but I think the more regularly we stop and reevaluate and like critique ourselves, the better we will be at staying on track. That's interesting. So you talked about like where God has you, right? And he, earlier you mentioned with basketball also that maybe at towards the end of college, you feel like it was where God had you, but it wasn't that same passion and desire. It's like, how do you identify, okay, this is where God has me versus, okay, this is just where I'm at right now. Like I'm hmm. in a place or I got asked to do something like, do you think about that at all? I guess short answer would be, I think like where you are, 
for the present moment, that is where God has you. Like the only reason I believe the only reason like I'm still on this earth or like you are or anyone is because like God still has something for me to do or for you to do. Like basically I think like wherever we're placed at the moment, there's something we can do for the Lord. And um, ultimately like we're called to be faithful to him and to put him first. So often like people say like, follow your passion, do what you're passionate about, which I so agree with. But at the same time, like, I don't think that's realistic for every piece of life. And we've all been in like a relationship or had a job or an assignment where we don't feel passionate about it, but we are like call it's our duty to fulfill it. So like, maybe it's, you know, you love someone and they want you to do something and you don't like you personally don't want to do it, but you're going to do it because you love them or you have a job and you're required to do something that you like hate doing, but you signed a document, you're getting paid, you're expected to do this. Um, so I think it's important to remember that because often there's this illusion that if I'm not passionate about something, I sh- I'm just going to drop it. Like I'm not, this isn't worth my time, but in reality, like we should be faithful and we should be dependable. And, um, I think that carries over to a lot of our life, but I, yeah, basketball has been something I've learned that from, I think like God initially, I really do believe called me to Fox. Like that's where I was supposed to be. And I was supposed to play basketball. And then when it got hard, I started questioning that. Um, and thankfully there were people in my life who were like, well, remember how all these details worked out and how this is where you wanted to be. And, um, then it ultimately becomes like just a process of prayer and like asking like, okay, God, is this still where you want me? Hmm. Is this still what you want me to be in? And um, through praying and like talking to people, I really, in that situation, like became aware that, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. And this is a way I can serve God. Hmm. Wow. That's really, that's really powerful. Yeah. I can just, you like bleed off in this, like ever since I've known you for the last four years, you're just a very value driven person. Right. And I think, like you said, it kind of, I can tell it just stems from your relationship with God and hmm. everything else kind of falls into place. I think that's, I think that's so beautiful. Um, you talked about that's prayer. That's encouraging there. to hear. Yeah, no, no, it really is. And I think everyone around you would think that too. Um, and I think they would say that. So you mentioned prayer as well. And I think prayer can look different for everyone and it can be hard to do. So like, how do you, so when like things aren't going your way, you, do you lean to prayer when do you pray? Stuff like that. Man, prayer can be so hard. Like, it is so hard. <laughs> I don't think people talk about that enough. Um, because, like, like we're having a conversation right now, and I'm getting feedback from you. But, like, talking to God, it's, like, the most comforting thing. And it's, like, so wonderful. But then, at, like, in the same vein, it's, like, so difficult because you're not, like, it's a thing of faith. Like, it's not like you're seeing him or hearing him respond in your ears. Like, ultimately you're trusting that he is listening, you know, which is like kind of a weird concept, but yeah, honestly, like I think I've prayed the most during tough times. I think most people are like that, you know, which that alone is kind of like, okay, wait a second. Like this shows that I need God. Like (laughs) I should be talking to him all the time. Um, yeah, I'd say like my most like genuine conversations with God have been like when I'm really struggling with something. Um, but a really, one of my mentors in my life 
is just a really strong Christian and just, I really look up to her for her faith. And she told me one time that she just has conversations with God throughout the day. So she's like, yeah, I'm just like sitting at a stoplight and I'm like, God, why is this light red? Like she just like talks to him about everything. And I was kind of laughing about that. And then I was like, why not? Like he's the creator of the universe. Like I get to talk to him all day long. And like, he promises that he's like in us and with us. And, um, I think that's like a way that we can focus on him throughout our day. So I am nowhere near perfect at that or like where I want to be. But, um, I think that's like a goal to shoot for. Um, we had a guy come and speak to a couple college of business students in the fall this year. And I can't remember, I think his name is David Lee. I know I follow him on Instagram cause he has like hmm. a million cool cars. Do you know who I'm talking about? Mm-mm, I don't. I'll, I'll look him up and I'll send him to you. He's really cool. But he, um, is like one of the most successful man that men that I've ever like shaken hands with. And, you know, it was really cool to hear his story. Um, but he's like started talking to us about his faith and I like, didn't know he was a Christian, but he said that he realized one day that like, I think, I think his pastor posted in this question. He said, if you could talk to the wisest person in the universe, like every morning, why would you not do that? <laughs> and I was like, Oh gosh, that gives you some perspective. So I probably rambled about this too long, but I think it's like a battle and it's something we all can, you know, just like ask God to help us with every day. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, you, you just like, you, you bleed this awareness as well. Right. And like this self-awareness on this God awareness, like this awareness of others. Um, I just feel like you're a very aware person. Do you, or like, are you conscious of this? Like you're always in the present. I mean, you mentioned that earlier. Are you conscious of being aware Is this something you think about? I've never thought about like awareness in that like big of a sense. That's a very flattery question. I don't, I think like being, so I was an RA for two years and I learned a lot about like the concept of self-awareness through that. And so I do think about self-awareness a good amount because I, like ultimately for us to improve ourselves, like you said, that's like a goal, like in my life too, like I want to like learn and become better. And so in order to do that, like I have to have a certain level of like being aware of who I really am and like my tendencies, my habits and all that. Um, I haven't thought about it like that. It's also an awareness of other people and of God. I definitely like, often I like worry too much about what other people think, but I do find myself always thinking about like how something affects someone else um, or how someone else is feeling. So I think some of that is like how God made me to think, but also I think I've grown in like learning how to be more aware and um, I guess observe things like that. But I think it all starts with self-awareness though. I I couldn't, couldn't resonate that more. I really couldn't resonate that more. You mentioned like, talking to like being aware of other people, right. And caring for their needs. Like, and you said that you feel that's a God, a God thing. And it's, it's always kind of something that you've done. I mean, are you, but obviously you're conscious about it too, because I mean, you kind of like you're aware of it. And so, I mean, how, how do you go into caring for other people? How do you think about that? Um, what's kind of on the top of your mind? Well, 
to preface, I do not always do it well. And so often I'm just thinking about myself, you know, like ultimately I'm selfish and it's only by God's grace that I really like think about others at all. But I guess you had asked me a question about like my values and what I try to embody. And one of my biggest values and goals is to treat other people the way I want to be treated. So I think I go into like conversations or relationships under that like umbrella, I guess. Like I know that there have been people in my life who've made me feel so loved and so like comfortable and so wanted. Um, And then I've experienced other times like anyone has where I haven't felt as much that way. And so I think feeling both of those things like just helps me try to make someone feel the way I would want to feel. And like I said, there's like a negative side of that where then sometimes it spirals into worrying too much about what someone thinks of me or, you know, which is, I think, ultimately a self-serving thing. But I don't know. Does that answer your question? I guess. And I think it definitely does. Yeah. I kind of want to flip the script on it, too, is how how do you want to be treated? Like you're such a great friend to so many people, but what does it mean for someone to be a great friend to you? I like that. One of the first thing that pops into my mind is listening. I think being heard and being listened to and being understood is one of the biggest things for me. Um, And I think just like, I want to be treated with like consideration. Like I want other people that, you know, like my friends to think like, how would this affect Emily? Or like, how would you feel if I said this or did this? That's awesome. So I got to ask you, like listening is such like a, it's not a buzzword, but it's very, I see, I agree. I totally will agree with that, that listening is so, so important. And I think it's even more important than like speaking many of the times. Right. And I think you can listen, listening on its own is a way of communicating. And I just got to ask, cause I think it really is kind of like a muscle and you kind of build it as you go. So mm-hmm. like, what does it mean for you to be a good listener? What does that look like? Often, I think, like, being a good listener is something that, like, you prove. Like, it's not enough to just be a great listener, like, in order f- to for someone to feel listened to or, like, feel that you value them or really want to hear from them. You show that you're listening to them. So, like, you do the act of listening with your ears and then you give them feedback and you nod and you ask questions, asking questions and, um like being fully present and engaged in a conversation is part of listening. I think another aspect of it is remembering. So like remembering what someone says or like remembering their favorite color or remembering later that someone told you to do something or um, I think those are often like the most surprising things to people because like in general, I don't think our culture is great at listening. (laughs) So then when somebody does prove it and show that they Um, really do care in an intentional way that often like just really makes someone feel loved or surprises them in a good way. Yeah, no, I'd say it definitely stands out. It definitely stands out. And then just the way it's another way to care for someone. I think kind of like what you're saying. I think that's awesome. So I'm going to transition a little bit more into like college and basketball specifically. When did you start playing basketball? When I was in the fifth grade, I did Upward. It was like this little church league. Nice. Nice. And it all, it all catapulted from there. That's awesome. So you spent the last four years playing basketball in college and we've talked about it a little bit, but what else do you feel like you've learned 
it can be about yourself. It can be about other people or what do you feel like you're going to take kind of with you into this next step from basketball? I love that you asked me this because I hadn't like taken the time to reflect on it yet now that it's like over and I've learned so much from playing. Like I feel really lucky from that aspect alone. Like I've learned a ton. Um, I learned a whole lot about leadership, um, both by watching like really great leaders, like one of my coach, Mike Meek, who I had for three years was one of the best leaders I've ever gotten to interact with. I learned so much from watching him. And then some of my teammates too were incredible leaders. So I learned a lot by observing and being under them, so to speak. Um, but then in the, like hand in hand, I learned a lot about leadership by do, getting to do it, like to actually experience it and feel it. And um, I think I learned a lot more than I could have by reading or doing, you know, watching that way. Like I got to learn by practicing it myself. Um, so what about leadership? What specifically, like what, what, how would you, like you've learned a ton about it from basketball. How would you define a good leader? You know, I think I've learned like what is effective and um, how different people have different leadership styles. And so I've learned about my own style and what comes naturally to me that way. Um, I think I've learned a lot about like communication and leadership and how important that is and um about things like being intentional and about being responsible and you know like all those like some of the, a lot of those are cliches but honestly they've been so true for me and so helpful to learn that's awesome that's cool yeah that's it's a great perspective so what else I, I didn't mean to cut you off there but what else from basketball no that's great um i think perseverance and endurance were big pieces of that and like for just what it really means to commit to something and to go all in even like we said before even and we're not feeling passionate or even if we're injured or even if someone's making you mad like what it means to really be all in and um in it for the long haul um and then i think i learned a lot about myself through basketball honestly like a lot about um some of my tendencies like I can be too perfectionistic a lot. And I learned, I kind of saw that in basketball. Um, like I said about leadership, like I learned about kind of how I perform best or how I respond to things. So I can be more self-aware and kind of more prepared for how I might react to something. Um, and I learned also kind of about burnout and about my tendencies that way. So I think that alone, like we talked about self-awareness, it contributed to yeah. that. Kind of sounds like you tested your limits in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's probably a good way to say it. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you pushed your limits too far? Like were you able to identify that? Or do you think you just expanded your limits? Because I think there's like a good, there's a fine line of you really need to put, like you said, that perseverance, right? Of pushing through. And when things are hard, I feel like that's when you grow the most, when you actually push through, right? And so I think, do you feel like you found that line of, no, I'm doing too much and I can't sustain this and I'm going to burn out in a month next week, next year, or, you know, this is actually like, it's a good struggle. Like, and it's, I'm growing from this and I'm becoming better. Do you feel like you found Mm -hmm. that line? You know, I don't think I found it. (laughs) I think I like learned and like saw it, but I don't think I like found it because I think I think it's something I'll always kind of struggle with because probably at different times of life and with different 
commitments, it'll be in different places. But like for the season I was in, I did get to the point where I found like, okay, I have pushed myself too far, but often it was kind of in retrospect, like I'd be having like an emotional breakdown and I was like, well, this is a sign that I've passed this, you know? Um, but then at the same time, like I said, like God has sure used those times in my life to make me like, remember, oh yeah, I really need you. Like I can't do all this on my own. I'm not in control. Um, so I think like all those things end up, you know, like God promises to work for are good and everything. And that's, he's shown me that like, even in times where I'm crying or I'm like, not sure what to do or how I'm going to like make another day, you know, like he's been like reminding me that he's the one who's in control anyway. He's the one who gives me the strength. Mm -hmm. So when I've reached that point, then I'm reminded that like, you know, God's glorified in our weaknesses. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of taking that question a different angle, but I really do think that it's something that, like you said, it's a balance. It's a fine line. And I know I'll always struggle with that, but Mm -hmm. I see other people in my life who are really good at it and I can like learn from them. That's huge. Honestly, learning from people better than you, having conversations with them, just learning in general is like, that's been one of the biggest breakthroughs for me is seeing other people that are much better than me at certain things and actually learning from them. I think that's awesome. You know, Ryan Halley, um, who's one of our finance professors at Fox, he spoke to a class that I was in yesterday over Zoom, of course. But he was talking about how, and I've heard this before, but he said it in a very well-worded way, how there's maybe no such thing as like this work-life balance that people talk about. And he was saying that for him, it's a, it's a seasonal thing. So there are seasons of summer, he said, where you're sitting on the porch and drinking sweet tea and enjoying your family time. And then there are seasons of like, you know, fall or of harvest or of, you know, winter where you're just your head's down and it's dark and cold outside. And I thought that was like, I'm going to be thinking about that for a while because I think he has a good point. Like in different seasons, we might be more prone to burnout or might have to just like work, you know, 10 hours a day or whatever it is. But I think when we're in that time where all we can do is like do the best, you know, that we can not put too much pressure on ourselves, but just take advantage of it and embrace it. That's powerful. That's really powerful. I'm going to have to think on that too and actually chew it, chew it and see what, see what I come up with. That's, that's a great analogy and way to think of it. Yeah. So I got to ask you, I mean, if you were to do it over again, college, basketball, everything you had going on, like what would you do differently? And more specifically, like how would you, when you're in the moment, it's so hard to actually step out and take a bird's eye view Right. But, and then usually it's, you know, a lagging result, meaning we find out, you know, two months later that, oh, wow, I should have been doing this or I was burning out or this or this or that. Mm-hmm. And so like, how, how do you think, you know, for the next time? Cause I feel like we're only going to get more busy. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, not unfortunately, I think excitingly and excitingly, yes. there's gonna be a lot more opportunities, but when you get put in that moment again, where it's hard to see, maybe the light at the end of the tunnel, what's your mindset going to be? Well, I think, like I said, I've learned a lot about myself and like my tendencies in certain situations, like to burn out or to be overly perfectionistic. So like if I was to do it again, or if I'm looking ahead to the future, I want to be better at like, like you just said, taking time to stop and get that bird's eye view and remember like, oh yeah, this world is big and I'm not that big. And, you know, like just get a perspective 
And, you know, we were talking about rest at the beginning. Like, I think a big part of that is finding a rhythm for that, like finding like a few hours a week, a day a week, whatever it looks like in that time. But I think I'd go back and tell freshman Emily, or I'm going to tell future Emily to like, really try to set aside time for that and make that a priority to use that word again, like make that something that's not going to budge because that might have a big impact on like whether or not you burn out in two months or two years. Yeah. That's powerful. Cause you kind of, it's the whole idea, especially you. I mean, you, you want to give back and I can just tell that, but to be able to give back and to be able to pour your cup out, your cup actually has to be full. Right. And I think that's such a, such a big challenge that I think so many people struggle with. And so yeah, I was going to ask you what, what exactly does your rest look like? Like during that three hours or that day, what, I mean, what have you found? Obviously you're just kind of getting into it, but what have you found that works? What do you like about it? One of the biggest things that helps me like stay sane and when I like to have time to catch my breath is I found I like to journal, which is not something I would have like expected of myself, but I love it. Like it helps me so much to slow down my thinking and to like get my thoughts on paper for some reason helps me just like process them or just like move past them. I'm not sure how that works psychologically, but um, I have a journal that kind of is like my prayer journal and like my, I like try to keep track of like little things I do, you know, during busy days. Cause I'm finding like the busier we are, the more we forget everything that happens, mm. which is so sad. Like I want to remember like the fun things were, you know, that like I do. So I've gotten in the habit of writing like all those little things down. Um, but also like, I like to pray that way sometimes because otherwise like your thoughts just go and go and go. And it's like hard to focus mm. at least in my experience. So that, that really helps me. Um, I like to just like, I'm at the point now where I like to sit and think, <laughs> which is also not like something I naturally would have thought I'd be prone to, but um, it's nice to just like lay down and think for 20 minutes or something like that. Um, rest also is just like being with like my close people. So like not necessarily feeling like I have to go do something or like be super active, but just like sitting and reading or like just kind of being present. I love that. Yeah. That's an awesome perspective. Craig Inglesby, he tells me that his definition of rest is that you're completely kind of like present in the moment and you're not worried. You're not, you're not regretting or you're not thinking about the past. Right. And what's been it, but you're also not anxious or thinking about the future. Right. So you're actually Mm -hmm. like just in the moment. And I agree. I find that with people I love, like my family, close friends as well. Like I can feel like I can be in the moment, right. Or thinking, I think thinking can be one where it's good and bad because you can reflect on both the past and, you know, preparing for the future. But yeah, I think that's really interesting. So I want to transition to you, people that know you, you kind of have this insatiable passion to work for an airline company. It's so weird. It's like, (laughs) it is weird. I just, I think it's awesome, but you can tell you're just so passionate about it. And so I just, I'm curious, like, where did this come from? Where did this passion come from? Short answer. I don't know. (laughs) Long answer. Basically like my freshman and sophomore year of college, I was like doing all these like informational interviews with people. And I talked with a family friend who like works at an airline 
And I was starting to realize that like with a business major, I can pick any industry that I want. And a bunch of my friends were like talking about Nike and sportswear or fashion. And I'm just like, yeah, that's just not me. And then I was like, well, this guy works for an airline and he gets to fly for free everywhere. And so that kind of ignited the spark, I guess. But um, my internship this last summer really like sealed that for me because I went into it and I was like, what if I don't love this? Like I've been thinking about it and dreaming about it, but like, we'll see what reality is like. And it really just like showed me I love it. And for some reason, I love airplanes. Like they're so cool. (laughs) Um, And I like my internship was um it was different like it wasn't the one i initially wanted with the company but i'm so thankful it's the one i got because i ended up like working in the my office was in the hangar and so i got to see the airplanes in there every single day and i got to see f-15s take off on the runway every day and like Mm -hmm. i just think they're really cool so (laughs) yeah that's so awesome yeah that's so cool yeah i can just tell your kind of passion and your love for it i think it's awesome and so i think kind of on that topic I mean, you had this internship this last summer, right? And you were interning. Were you interning for them this year at all? A little it was, bit, right? Yeah, it was like a little part-time job. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little part-time job. And things kind of have halted a little bit, right, with everything going on. And so, you know, talk just talk us through just quickly, like, what what was your situation? What's changed in the last few weeks? And then well, I want to transition, like, how are you thinking about the future And like, what's your mindset with that? I love this question. Um, Yeah, so not the greatest time to be trying to work for an airline. (laughs) Just Mm -hmm. say it that way. Um, Yeah, I had a great little, like, I literally worked five hours a week for them over the school year, which was perfect. Love my manager. It was great. Um, And I actually, I was getting to do like a type, like a data analyst type of role, which I learned a lot from. Like I was given this freedom to like learn how to create a dashboard and like very practical skills. So that was awesome. And then um, coronavirus hit and all this stuff and they went on a hiring freeze. And so I, in addition to that, they laid off all their contract employees. So that was me. So I lost that job, which I was expecting for it to end in the next month or two anyway but I was just bummed well I love my manager so I was bummed by that but also like I was so close to finishing this project so the achiever in me just can't achieve the final result that I want and that just kills me but that's okay um so then like I've been told that they want me to come back full-time after graduation since the summer but I still was gonna have to wait and like actually apply for the job and stuff and so about a month ago I had the interview and um Long story short, because of the hiring freeze, I'm not going to get a job right away. But they have told me they do want me to come back, which is like once the hiring freeze is lifted, which is really comforting. But at first, when all this is like starting and I started seeing the news about all the different airlines and what's happening, I was starting to just kind of think, man, what's going to happen? And I think there's a lot of worry and fear and uncertainty out there. But God just kind of like brought me peace because like ultimately he's he's in control like there's I I just felt this sense of peace that was like not questioning anymore it was just like okay so this pandemic or whatever you want to call it is hitting the world like that does not change anything to God like he's allowing it and he showed me and he's shown a lot of people again and again how he like loves us and is so intentional in our lives so this doesn't change that like if he wants me to get 
a certain job at a certain time, it's going to happen. So, um, yeah, I feel at peace about that. And I'm thankful for that because otherwise I'd be freaking if it wasn't for him. <laughs> yeah. And that's so powerful that you're kind of leaning into that. I love that. And it goes back to the awareness, I think in a big sense, I think that's awesome. So, I mean, are you, I mean, are you anxious now? I mean, are you fearful? I feel like, I mean, the whole world, it's like natural. You turn on the news, you look at any social media, it's natural to just be fearful, right? And especially us, like we're going into the working world. There's a lot of uncertainty around, even if you already have a job lined up, like what if they, what if they cut everyone, right? Like what, what, there's just a lot of uncertainty right now and not definitely not the best job market. And so how, I mean, are you anxious about any of this or how are you handling that? I think I have a, you know, like a kind of an, healthy level of I don't know if anxiousness is the right word but like I am you know aware that this is gonna affect all this and who knows what the market's gonna do but I've like to be honest I've struggled with fear a lot in my life like with just different things that's just been one of kind of my struggles we all have different things and I've really at different points in my life I've really been bogged down with fear and worry and anxiety and that's another area that God is just like changed my life. Like I can't take any credit for it, but he's like, he sets us free from fear and like his, his word, the Bible, like tells us things like he doesn't want us to be afraid. He's always with us. He's in control. He loves us. Like these things that are just so comforting. And like, as a result of that, I don't, like I said before, you know, like I am not worried about my future because I know ultimately like he loves me and he's working for my good. And Hey, maybe he's going to come back soon. Like, who knows? Like <laughs> the timing of that. But um, yeah, the short answer is just like, I do. So like, I tend to worry, but he's been teaching me like that. I don't have to. That's great. You feel like, it sounds like you're like almost like renewed in a sense. Like, I mean, are you, do you get in the word a lot? Like, do you read the Bible a lot? Is it kind of, it just kind of speaks. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is. It's funny. Cause I've been reflecting on that just like with this whole like quarantine time, like I've had a little more time to just read and not feel like rushed in that. And I wish I, I want to, you know, do it more. That's, I'm not at all perfect at reading it every day or anything, but I try to. And um, I know that I need that to like, we keep talking about perspective. Like it's so easy to get caught up in the worries and the craziness of life. But I find that when I read the literal word of God, like, it makes sense like that renews and refreshes me and like reminds me like, Oh yeah, this isn't even important today. Or mm-hmm. I'm focusing on worrying about what people think of me or worrying about my career when maybe God's calling me to like love someone today or show them his love. Mm-hmm. Or, um, so yeah, it's something that definitely is a piece of like my life that, I know that it's not a piece of my life. It's God's word. And I need it every day in order to survive as a human being. <laughs> That's powerful. I love that perspective. That's so good. So I want to try transitions for the last time to kind of, to wrap this up. And so you, at least in the last like sophomore, junior year, you met with president Baker, president of our school a lot. Right. So I, I just, I'm just curious, like, how did you, how did you start meeting with him? And like, when, where did that all start? Yeah. It's not as like exciting as, it would seem because I have this like scholarship through him. And so like a piece of that is meeting with him um, just like once in a while over the year. But um, yeah, so I got, I got to know him as a senior in high school 
and then like just with interviews and stuff and then he's a big supporter of the women's basketball program so i've gotten to know him a little more through that too but sometimes we've gone on runs and stuff um or like we play basketball and just shot hoops a few times and so that's been a fun way to connect but um i've also gotten to know his wife pretty well over the last year or two and i'm just like very thankful to have both of them in my life they're very wise people and they care very deeply about george fox and about like students like us so i feel really lucky to have that relationship that's awesome so i just gotta ask like i mean you have that relationship do you do you go to them for certain things like are there certain ways that you connect with them i mean how do you how do you think about that yeah um i'll go like president baker is one of the people that i would definitely go to for advice like in making a decision because i know like he's like someone who just like thinks so differently and he's like just like i said very wise and very grounded in the word of god um and i've only gotten to know ruth his wife very well recently so i haven't had the chance much to do that with her but yeah there have been times where i've like gone to his office or met him for lunch just to like kind of pick his brain on something or bounce you know like when i was deciding things about being an ra or about um basketball or things like that i definitely try to take advantage of the chance to get his opinion or his advice. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. And I think in like in a big, in a bigger way, in a bigger picture, it just kind of shows who you are that whether it's president Baker or not, it's you actually lean on people that probably know a little more than you and I do. Right. And like have a different perspective. A whole lot more. Yes. Yeah. And so actually going to people is just, it's such a valuable thing that I think I've definitely not done. Like we try to lean on ourselves, especially when we're struggling. Oh, yeah. I think the most important thing is to lean on God. And I think God also can speak through other people, right? When Amen. we're struggling. Yeah. So, yeah. So like leaning into that, I think is so powerful. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. And well, Hey, thank you so much for being on. This has been, this has been so cool. I feel like I've gotten to know you so much better and yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Well, like I said, I so I'm honored to be asked and thanks for giving me the chance to reflect on some of this stuff because I think that's important, especially as we're wrapping up. That's a gift to me. So thanks a ton. Yeah, well, it goes both ways. Yeah, thank you so much. And that wraps up this episode of the Grasping Life podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Feel free to subscribe for new episodes. And if you got any value out of this, feel free to share it with someone else who might as well. I would love to connect with you on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn if you search for Lane Kimbrough. And it would make me super happy if you wanted to chat about it on the phone. My number is 720-625-2905 and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again. Until next time.